Good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Quito, Ecuador, to Goose Creek, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in, in uh, the Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your business, your neighbors, from my neighborhood to yours. And my guests today are former Huntersville Mayor and State Representative Drew Saunders and Jessica Tucker, the Executive Director of Angels and Sparrows. But before we get started, uh, I still we, I see we got the uh, General Manager of the studio. And this morning, we challenge Justin Kazepis to a batting competition at D-Bat in Huntersville. Justin was saying about three weeks ago uh, where baseball was just a little bit boring. It didn't, it didn't find a whole lot of things to do with baseball. So we've challenged him to a batting competition. D-Bat is in a it's in a controlled atmosphere where it can't get too hot or too cold or complain. He just can't get that bat swinging. But uh, we're going to have uh, Bill, who's on the sticks in there, taking care of us. He's going to umpire making sure that uh, Justin stays in line, and we're going we're gonna to bring the heat. We're going to see if he's got his A game on. What do you think about that, Drew? Well, if he thinks baseball's not exciting, he, has, <laughs> he hasn't been watching the Braves lately. So. There you go. You big Braves fan? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So. Jessica, you like baseball? You know, I'm afraid I feel the way Justin does. Oh, so. no, no. <laughs> What is what is your sport? What do you like? Um, you know, I'm really into F1 racing. Actually, Formula One. I love okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the this is NASCAR capital of the country right here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, racing. That's racing is good. Yeah, like that. Um, Drew, I want to get started with you. Uh, former mayor of Huntersville, you were on the town board. I think uh, 85 to 87, uh, then 87 to 89, mayor of the town. And we were just chatting, and you were telling me things before the, the show that I had never known. I remember when I arrived up here in 1996, some of the first town board meetings I went to were at the old Huntersville Hospital while they were preparing to build the new town hall. But you were telling me where the town hall was that you met in, and share a little bit about that. Well, of course, when I first moved to Huntersville, it was a small town. Um, <laughs> But it was on the brink of growth. Uh, we uh, had a uh, town hall that was uh, now where the parking deck is for Discovery Kids. Mm -hmm. And it was basically a mill house, old shotgun type, type house. And we met in the front room. And there was just room for the board. <laughs> uh, if, if people wanted to speak to the board, they almost had to wait out on the porch and then come <laughs> Uh, but uh, we did, when, when I became mayor, we did move the town hall over to where the old police department is now, but not in that building. It was a building uh, that uh, Dr. Martin had, and he leased it to the town, and we used that uh, uh, for a good number of years before the uh, new building was built. So, and, and the population for Huntersville about then was about 2,500, 3,000? Uh, yes, I think I won the mayor with like 800 and something votes. <laughs> so a big turnout. It was, a, it was a big turnout, but it was about 800 and something votes. So, so three 3,000 people thereabouts living in the town, and today 70,000 people. Exactly. And, yeah, and Jessica was just asking before we got on, did, did you see that coming? Well, you could sense it was coming, maybe not to the extent that it is. Uh, but uh, at that time, the uh, most traveled road in North Carolina was Highway 21. That was before Interstate 77 opened. And once 77 opened and we had the lake and accessibility to the Charlotte uh, job market, you could see that it was going to grow. And uh, so we put together a zoning plan for the town uh, with the help of the League of Municipalities and uh, we were able to pass that, and they used it, I believe, until maybe 10 years ago or even less than that. And, and you were also sharing, and, and again, a story I'd never heard before, that there was consideration, albeit brief, about combining the three towns into one town. Uh, yes, and I can say this. I think everybody that participated may be dead now. So <laughs> uh, maybe uh, Sarah McCauley could correct me on this, I'm sure, because Sarah knows more about this than I do. But... Uh, my understanding was that the three municipalities here in the north uh, wanted to get together and have a one town, one municipality, 
and that they actually got to the legislation for it. And then one of the mayors backed out and it, it never came to, to be. So. Uh, North Cross, that was something that was planned in, in your administration? It was. Um, at that time, uh, Sam Fur Road was just a place for automobile accidents. It was a bad crossroads, uh, top of a hill going both ways. Um, and we had an opportunity to uh, encourage the Department of Transportation to open that interchange there. It was scheduled for another place up this way. and uh, But the... Uh, the developer uh, was able to do some of the uh, construction work on uh, preparing it to be done, and we were able to do that, and, and so, and that's how the development happened there. Drew, we're we're listening and, and seeing the the natural disasters and uh, in Maui, and and then also in, in California, and the things that they dealt with. But you dealt with uh, an issue of your own, and that was Hugo that came through in your time. It was, and and. Uh, uh, there was no place to go to check to see how you handled something like this. and uh, But uh, it hit rather unexpectedly. We didn't expect it to be here. We didn't expect it to be as severe as it was. Uh, we were fortunate to have a really good town manager at that time that could handle projects. And it was amazing of the, the help that we received almost immediately. Uh, people coming in to help out. So, But it was... Uh, it was not a, a good time, but it did tell us who we were, and, and we survived it, and I think we're better off for that. So. What are you most proud of from your, your time as being on the town board, uh, either as, as uh, Mayor Pro Tem or Mayor? What, what is the thing that you look back on and say, that was really good what we did? Well, I think uh, the development of a zoning ordinance to... Uh, it, Certainly not to stop growth, but to uh, plan it, uh, have it to be the best use for the properties that we had and, and for the community. Also, at that time, uh, we had a water and sewer department that was deteriorating drastically. Uh, it was going to cost a lot of money to bring it up to code. And we were able to negotiate with CMUD, uh, which is a Charlotte Utilities that handled water and sewer and they took it over, and that was a big move for us. And that also allowed us to continue to grow and develop. And almost from the time I got here in 96, uh, the, the next year you went on to the, you were elected to this state house on uh, 97 to about, what, 2008, 2009? Yes. Yeah. And, 12 uh, years. 12, yeah. Right, right. You know, you, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this. You, you told me something that I have never forgotten, and you said it was a political lesson that you learned. Um, and I'll, I'll have you talk about it a little bit more in depth. But what you said is never, ever burn a bridge. Yeah. That the person who may be on the opposite aisle tomorrow or the opposite end of an issue may be somebody you need tomorrow. And and I have seen people throughout my career who burn bridges, uh, but uh, you're someone who, who's never done that. And when we get back from our break, I, I want to really talk about that. I want to talk about the years that you were in Raleigh, some of the things that you were able to do, because you were the transportation chair. Yeah. And a lot of things that we got done because of because you were in there. But I want to I want to talk about uh, where you learned that little bit of wisdom um, and that advice because again that's that's uh, something that I've really taken to heart, really used. Um, I want uh, folks to uh, stay on the line with us. Uh, those of you who are streaming, we're going to talk about some Chamber of Commerce activities. But uh, we're here with Jessica Tucker. She's the executive director of Angels and Sparrows and Drew Saunders, former mayor and rep with the uh, state of North Carolina. We'll be back on WSIC's Town Talk in just a few minutes. Stay with us. For those of you who are streaming with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, we've got Drew Saunders, who is the former mayor for the town of Huntersville and former North Carolina representative. What district was that, Drew? It was 55 at that time. It changed 55. over time. Several became several different numbers, but 
basically North Mecklenburg. And Jessica Tucker and Jessica, we're gonna we're gonna talk about angels and sparrows in just a minute. But uh, while we have folks uh, with us streaming, we've got our Chamber Business Expo coming up on Tuesday, October the tenth. That's going to be at the Huntersville Recreation Center. Um, that's going to be eleven o'clock to five o'clock. That's where we have about a hundred and hundred and twelve hundred and twenty businesses in one place at one time. It's Lake Norman Show and Tell. We've been doing that since two thousand and one. Um, so it's a fantastic uh, opportunity for us to be able to showcase our business community. Then, Drew, on Thursday, October the 12th, we're having our candidate forms. Uh, the first one is going to be in Cornelius. Uh, again, Thursday, October the 12th, it's going to be for the two people running for mayor in Cornelius and the 10 town board members. And then because the field is so large in Huntersville, we've got to have two forums Tuesday, October 17th, and Thursday, October 19th. Uh, we're going to have the three candidates for mayor on Tuesday, probably with five commissioners, five candidates for commissioner, and then the balance will be on the Thursday. We're going to have to draw names out of the hat, so there's no favoritism in that. Justin Kazepis, who is the owner and general manager here of WSIC, is going to be our MC moderating that particular event. That is open to the public. Uh, we encourage the public to attend. Uh, the questions actually do come from the floor. Uh, Drew, you've attended some of those forums that we've done over the years. Uh, how important do you think uh, having candidate forums for candidates is? I think it's very important. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure people understand what the duties of a mm -hmm. commissioner are and how they uh, coexist with the county and with the state and with the federal government. And uh, and it's it's a good lesson on government. Just come and listen, and uh, it's important that you have good representation. Local government probably has more impact on your life than any other type of government, and that's saying a lot, because uh, they're they're on the ground, they're there, and uh, uh, it's just it's very important. Well, we're coming back in just a second on Live WNSSC. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host, and I have Drew Saunders, former mayor of Huntersville, also former state representative, Jessica Tucker. She is the executive director of Angels and Sparrows. And Jessica, I'm very familiar. Most people are, but there's probably some that goes like, well, what is Angels and Sparrows? What is Angels and Sparrows? We are a community table and a resource center. And by that, I mean that, you know, we address food insecurity for families in the area. Uh, so we provide a nutritious meal. We deal with food issues. And then um, we are resource. We're kind of a hub because people come to our community table. They form a community and we provide that connection that they need to all the various resources to help make sure they can um, stretch the dollar and get through just the daily challenges. You know, Lake Norman is looked upon as being a very affluent, very wealthy community, but there are there are pockets um, of poverty in our particular community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I think it's hard to miss because, you know, this is such a beautiful area. Um, but if you drive down, you know, different streets and find little pockets of neighborhoods, you know, we do have a lot of families who are living before, below the federal poverty line. And, uh, you know, in our community table, we serve over 500 families in mm. the local area. So they're out there. Um, I think we're fortunate that we're in the Lake Norman area where people have heart and they care about their neighbor. And so we're able to extend our community table to these families. Uh, the whole concept of Angels of Spirits was something that Sandy Tilly, she had a vision. Can you talk a little bit about Sandy and, and what she did and, and then how the early volunteers got behind and created the, the presence that you have today? Sure. I mean, I think she was so wise and, and she may not even thought through how she was doing it. She just knew inherently that it needed to be with dignity. And so we do it restaurant style, which is, I think, different from probably what most places do across the country. And so our guests are greeted. They sit where they want. They, you know, a drink is brought to so them. Their food is brought to them on a tray and a dessert tray afterwards. There's conversation. There's community. And she established that from the very beginning. And I, like I said, I don't know if that was her intention. She just knew it inherently that that's what our families needed. And so because of that foundation, we're able to build on that, you know, the relationships, not just with them, but then the connection, the community, there's a, a bond of trust that's formed there with that shared meal. Jessica, how many volunteers does it take to really pull off what you guys do? Uh, we have about 200 volunteers. It takes 17 to 20 volunteers a day. 
um, Monday through Friday to make it work. And then we also need volunteers, you know, for a couple of special things that occur on the weekend with regard to, you know, food donations. So it takes it takes the community to be involved. You know, whether you live in, in Statesville and you've got the Christian Mission or you've got Feed North Carolina that does the same type of thing in, in, in Mooresville, um, Jessica, talk about why it's so important that that people who live in a community who may may have it, may have um, th- the means to, to supply their family, why they need to be able to get involved and, and donate or, or um, give to something like Angels and Sparrows. You know, I, I think that people would be surprised at who is affected by food insecurity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your server at the, your favorite restaurant. It's the person checking you out at the grocery store. It's the person sometimes cutting your hair. Or, you know, there are situational circumstances that set a lot of people back, and they might live in a beautiful home, but you have no idea that they're struggling. So for us, it's a, it's a complete no judgment. It's, you know... You know, someday you're the angel, as Sandy used to say, someday you're the sparrow. But we come together in community, working together. And so I think it's important to make sure you're involved and that you show your neighbors that you care because they're going to care for you as well, you know, um, if you're ever in need. And I think that it's just one of the most beautiful things about the Lake Norman area is that people are willing to get involved. Drew is a former mayor of the town of Huntersville. That may, must make you feel really good to know that we have an organization like that continuing to serve the town. Oh, I, I think it's very important, and I think they do a good job. I, I'm happy to meet Jessica, uh, and it's it's much needed. So. Jessica, you guys have, have moved beyond just serving meals. Talk about the resource center that you you now have established. So the resource center houses our pathway program, and that was established just based on the fact that we know food insecurity is just one symptom. So our families, if they're food insecure, they're likely housing insecure, they're likely transportation insecure, a lot of different challenges. And the root cause of it is poverty. You know, we're just not a livable, not able to obtain a livable wage through in the workforce. And so the Resource Center, our pathway program, provides foundational education courses for adults with the aim of increasing the household income as quickly as possible, but at the same time making sure that we nurse genius within each child because we really want to affect that next generation. The thing is, is that a child's future and their um, is, is interconnected and interdependent on the adults in their households. You have to address both the adults and the children at the same time if you want to make change. And before you had, you now have a master's in uh, nonprofit management. Before you did this, though, you had a manufacturing background, and you also was a you're a realtor. You right. still have your realtor license? You know, I do. I don't use it, but I do still have my license. <laughs> it took so long to get it, and you you take classes every year to keep it. I just don't want to let it go. <laughs> what What inspired you to kind of shift gears from from sales and 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 that to uh, giving back into the community the way you have? You know, I always wanted to volunteer, and I started volunteering with Angels and Sparrows while I was still in real estate. And I'm not going to lie, being in real estate was fantastic. You know, I got uh-huh. to work with who I wanted, um, went to lunch with friends, traveled when I wanted. It was great. What I found was that when I was volunteering and working with the families, those were my happiest days. And so when you look at how you want to live a fulfilled life, then it isn't always the the route that seems the easiest or the most luxurious. Sometimes it's just getting in there and working hard and feeling better than ever about what you're doing. We were talking this morning about what are some of the things that people can do. Uh, Obviously, giving money uh, Mm -hmm. because cash is king. That allows you to be able to do some of the things that you do. But what are some of the things that people can do to volunteer for Angels and Sparrows? Well, you know, um, we always need food drives, honestly, because we're heading into the holidays, especially right now. It's why it's on my mind. But um, food drives are always needed. Um, We need volunteers at our community table, and we need volunteers as reading buddies in our literacy program at uh, at our Pathways um, program. And Drew, before we turn back and and get into politics again and some of the things you're doing, you too have a charitable background. You were involved in the Lions Club. Are you still involved in the Lions? No, um, uh, not at all, but spent a good number of years there and uh, did a lot for the community. What were some of the projects that the uh, Huntersville Lions Club did in the town of Huntersville? Well, of course, they deal with the blind and and the people that have difficulty seeing, but uh, we raise money for that and uh, some of the uh, youth camps that uh, uh, that the youth could go to. So. 
when we were on break, we were talking about the candidate forums, and, and Jessica, you're from Davidson. Uh, Davidson is not going to be having a candidate forum because we have five people running for five slots and one person running for mayor. So <clears throat> that election is, is, for all practical purposes, uh, done. We'll probably have a meet and greet. But uh, what is it you enjoy living uh, about living in, and working in the Lake Norman region, particularly living in Davidson? I just love the small town feel of it. You know, we have so much going on and we have access to so much. But if you go down, you know, to downtown Davidson, um, it's still family oriented. You see kids running around, music playing, people in and out of the coffee shop and the little shops. And it just feels very Americana, very wholesome and beautiful and, and safe. You know, it's just enjoyable. Do you ever get a chance to go down to the farmer's market? I do quite often. <laughs> And uh, we, it won't be very long before we're cranking up Christmas in Davidson again. That's right. And that's always a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And concerts on the green, do you ever participate in any of the concerts? You know, we do go to them when we can. It seems like we always tend to have plans, you know, during that time frame. So we're not always able to go. But again, that's just another wonderful feeling where you're in community with your neighbors and you're just enjoying some good, wholesome fun. Drew, we were we were talking about how large the field was in the in the town of Huntersville running. Um, you got sixteen candidates. It was seventeen. We had one back out um, that's uh, decided not to uh, to run. I don't think they can take his name off the ballot, so he's still there. But uh, three people running for mayor, and, and you were talking uh, during the break how that's a great thing because it just shows people are interested. Talk to talk to me about why you think it's great to have that many people running. Well, to to just have people to run. Uh, sometimes it's difficult. You have to go out and recruit people to run. But mm-hmm. To have the interest, uh, I think every one of them has the best interest of Huntersville at heart. That uh, maybe there's some newcomers, maybe some that have been there a while, and we can mesh some good ideas that will be good for all of us. The town, I believe, is doing a good job now. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Parks and Rec uh, seem to always have something going for adults, seniors, and children. Yeah. Uh, so. I think it's important to to uh, become a part of the community if you're going to be there. And the best way to do that is get on the board and uh, you'll do it. So. Drew, I was sharing the one of the greatest uh, pieces of advice you ever gave me when I, when I traveled up to Raleigh. And I, and I got to tell you a funny story about going to Raleigh. In 1996, uh, annexation, they were, we were looking at, and I think Charlotte was trying to change how annexation occurred. And so we went up there to Raleigh and met with Senator Fountain Odom. And Fountain um, took out a cigar and clipped it and started to light it up. And I'm thinking, is he, is he going to smoke that in here? And he said, boys, would you like a cigar? And he, we, he added us. And I'm, I'm going like, um, in here? And he said, son, this is Raleigh. <laughs> he said, this, 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 our capital was built on tobacco. But he proceeded to say, you know, listen to us as we talked about how we didn't want any changes to the annexation bill. And then he said, you do know that I'm a sponsor of this annexation bill. And uh, we said, yes, sir. And he said, well... Don't worry about it. It ain't coming out of committee. So, <laughs> so he was sort of playing both sides there. You know, he, he sponsored the bill, but he had it stuck in committee. He wasn't going anywhere. Uh, but welcome to Raleigh, uh, where sometimes things don't happen uh, for a reason. But um, I was sharing with you that one of the, the pieces of sage advice you get, gave me was, was uh, not to burn a bridge. Who told you that? John McLaughlin. Uh, John was my predecessor. He was a postmaster at uh, Newell. Uh, he was very folksy. He was a very good representative. Uh, and he took me under his wing and showed me the ins and outs of Raleigh. Of course, you never get them all. You have to experience some of them. But he also said never vote against a bill unless you have a prevailing reason to do it uh, <laughs> because you're going to ask somebody else to vote for your bill. So. But he gave me a lot of good advice. I tried to follow most of it. So. Well, that is that is great advice, and, and it's great advice that all of us can use. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about your career and some of the things that you did in Raleigh, um, particularly improvements that you made here. Uh, for those of you who are on the radio, please come back and join us on Town Talk on WSIC. Um, as we're, we're going to break, uh, we were talking about some of the things that we're doing in the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we talked about the candidate forums and the Business Expo, but we're also coming up in September, September 14th, 
we're going to have a diversity luncheon where we've got uh, Beth Bledsoe. She's with MSC Industrial Supply, who is going to be talking about re-engaging veterans uh, into the workforce. And it's one of the, the diversity programs we put on. We uh, also recognize our diversity champions, uh, which I think Angels of Spirits has been recognized as diversity champion. We recognize the individuals, the nonprofits, the small businesses, and the corporations. Jessica, why, why is it important that we recognize corporations and individuals who practice diversity and inclusion in our community? You know, I think it just um, solidifies the community in general, you know, um, breaks down some barriers. Um, it's got to be great for small business. Um, the consumer wants to see that businesses are involved and care about the issues that are important to them. Um, they'll travel with their dollars, you know, um, to another store or another product if they don't feel values are being um, backed up. And so I think it's important to see that, you know, all the organizations that are involved and care. Drew, we also tomorrow have a meet and greet at Home Trust Bank. It's going to be 8.30 to 10, 10 o'clock, Home Trust Bank. It's an opportunity to meet Reagan Randall, who's the new branch manager, Diana Richards, and the outstanding staff at Home Trust. Uh, for those of you who are in the Cornelius and Lake Norman area, that's right beside Chick-fil-A. So come on out tomorrow. That's Thursday, 8.30 to 10 for a meet and greet. Then we're having a ribbon cutting at Ortho Carolina, noon on Friday, which is the Hamptons Park Drive in Huntersville. So again, Ortho Carolina, uh, we're going to be having a ribbon cutting come out. Um, at the end of the month, August 31st, 5.30 to 7, we have a business after hours at Advanced Wealth Strategies. That's Douglas Marion and his team. Uh, it's an opportunity for, for folks to come out, network over a social environment. Um, networking is a big component of, of what we do at the Chamber of Commerce, and it gives people an opportunity to, to meet others and showcase their business, but also to expand their, their contacts. The Chamber is also accepting applications for Leadership Lake Norman. Uh, that is a program that we have to, that looks for eight months. It looks at various aspects of our community, everything from government, crime, law, uh, to um, health care, to economic development, community infrastructure. But uh, those applications are on the website. Uh, September the 8th is the deadline for Leadership Lake Norman. And we created a junior leadership Lake Norman about 10 years ago for high school juniors. So if you've got a student who's just uh, entering their junior year in one of our Lake Norman high schools, whether it's public, charter, private, or homeschooled, uh, they're, they're eligible. You can you get the application on our Chamber's website at lakenormanchamberofcommerce.org. For those of you streaming, thank you for joining us. And we're going to go back to live radio in just a few seconds. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. I have Drew Sonder, who is the former mayor for the town of Huntersville, also North Carolina House of Representatives, and Jessica Tucker, executive director of Angels and Sparrows. And Drew, we were talking a little bit about uh, your past career as mayor for the town of Huntersville, but you served about 10 years for the uh, North Carolina legislature. You were chair of the Transportation Committee. Uh, you were ranked 16th, I think, and most effective, although I would have ranked you number one. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you, you, the one thing that you struck me is you were never, uh, in my opinion, a very partisan person. Uh, you were always a, a moderate guy. You, you worked with both sides of the aisle. Um, you always put people above politics, in my opinion. And um, a lot of transportation projects that we're seeing today uh, were because of the, the things that you put in place then. Um, talk about some of the years that you were in Raleigh and some of the things you're most proud of uh, in, the, in that tenure. Well, uh, one is the ability to get a hospital mm -hmm. built in Huntersville. Um, we certainly saw the need for that. Um, at that time, to do that, you had to go through what called a certification of need. They had to have people come down from Raleigh and and talk to the citizens and see if we really needed one or not. So they came down and uh, they set up at the uh, county building in the heart of Charlotte to talk to people in North Mecklenburg about their needs for a hospital. So uh, we uh, protested that after the meeting and uh, I think that helped us uh, move that forward and get it done now. 
uh, I don't want this to sound like I did it myself, uh, but I was certainly part of it. And anything you do, there, you have a lot of help from other people. So, And there are a lot of variations that a lot of people may not know. We had a Huntersville hospital exactly. at one particular point mm-hmm. that was really moved over to the university area. So it didn't, wasn't that we lost it, but it wasn't located right. in the town anymore. Right. And uh, then we went through vi- several variations of that certificate of need. Yes, and that was turned into a long-term care facility. Uh, and at one time, Town Hall was actually located there. So, You had, um, I think at one point, you had Northeast Medical Center that partnered with Presbyterian on it, and then the Presbyterian ended up going at it alone. And then, of course, Presbyterian became Novant, and now exactly. we have uh, Novant exactly. Hospital, Huntersville Medical Center. Um the other thing that uh, the, the improvements, I, I never will forget this, the improvements to Catawba Avenue here in Cornelius. Um, Mayor Southern and uh, Manager Bob Race had told DOT that uh, they would supp- get the right-of-ways taken care of if uh, they would go ahead and expedite the project. So since the right-of-ways were taken care of, DOT said, okay, we'll, we'll expedite the project. And then they didn't have the right-of-ways uh, in their pocket after all. And uh, DOT came in, and, and they had a certain number of leftovers, but it was not. they were going to be putting medians really in front of all these businesses. And uh, I came to see you and Representative Beverly Earle. And I never will forget Beverly saying, uh, have you talked to Senator, wasn't it Senator Brubaker? Yes. No, uh, Representative. He was the Speaker of the House. A Representative Brubaker. And he said uh, about what he did with putting something in the budget bill. And I'm like, well, what? why would you put that in a budget bill? But uh, you were able to get those uh, leftovers. And, and because you were able to get the leftovers, we had the businesses that willingly donated their land. So you were able to expedite that project. Well, we worked through the Department of Transportation. The Secretary, Norris Tolson, at that time, and uh, Norris understood what we wanted to do. Uh, Speaker Brubaker was in favor of it. Uh, so we were able to make a move. Uh, it, it, it did. We had to talk to a lot of people to get it done, but it was done. So. Drew, the other thing that you did, we had an, uh, an old county prison right on Mount Holly Huntersville Road that uh, was operated for a while. And then uh, it just sat there with nothing and, and uh you were able to get that turned into a useful facility. Well, tell me what about, a little bit about that. Well, the uh, prison went out of business. I hope that <laughs> meant the crime went down. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but the prison went out of business, and uh, there was a move by a lot of people, especially in North Mecklenburg, that wanted to buy and develop the property. Uh, but uh, I encouraged them to hold on to state property, and state's not going to sell property unless they really have to. And but we needed desperately a DMV up this way and a magistrate. Uh, we were able to convince them to use a property to build a DMV on, and it's working very well. We still have not gotten a magistrate up here. No, I'm still I would like to. Issue. I would still like to see that happen. So, Jessica, uh, again, we were talking about angels and sparrows and and some of the wonderful things that you're doing. Share with me a couple of really nice success stories of, of things that during your tenure that you've seen that you're really proud of. I think just the way our um, our families come together at the community table, honestly. Like if, if I'm feeling down, crazy day, if I stop in at the community table and just visit with our guest, I'm so full in my heart all over again. I think I love the way our volunteers and um, Sherry Allen, our operations manager, just ensures that that culture continues regardless of who's present. You know, we have a couple hundred volunteers. So to maintain how beautiful that feels inside the community table, I think that's quite a feat, you know, with various personalities and people coming and going. Um, And so I I love that we've maintained what Sandy started over the years. And I think we've grown, you know, we've grown it actually built on top of that. And that's why we're able to do so much more with these families. 
And I don't think we've actually said where the facility is located. Now, you have two facilities now. Mm-hmm. So share where the, the community kitchen is and then also the resource center. So the community table is at Old Statesville Road and Raymond Church Road. So kind of at that cross center. Um, you can't see us from the road, but you'll see our sign out at the street. And then just around the corner on Rama is the Rama Executive Park, and that's where our resource center is located. So you can literally walk from one location to the other location. And what kind of meals are served? Is is it? It's just breakfast and lunch, right? It's just lunch. Just lunch. Uh, it's just lunch, um, but it's you know it's basically a home cooked meal is what our guests are receiving. And it's something that our volunteers most likely are cooking in their own homes. You know, um, we want to make sure it's nutritious and that it's well balanced. And that if we wouldn't serve it to guests in our own home, we don't serve it at the community table. And the times the kitchen is open? Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Okay. And the resource center? So the resource center is four days a week, and we have a couple of um, we have some classes that take place during the day, but most of them are in the evening because people work during the day, and so they're attending their courses at night. Um, That's Monday through Thursday. Those classes run between six and eight. Drew, the the town has really grown uh, over the course of your tenure. When did you move to Huntersville? Oh, it's been forty eight years, fifty years ago. So it's been a while to. Moved from Dorada uh-huh. uh, in Huntersville. I mean, to Charlotte up to Huntersville. You know, when you when you see some of the um, um, things going on at Town Hall, particularly the the social media that's out there in terms of, and sometimes the rancor going back and forth. Um, what is your perspective? If um, certainly we didn't have social media in 1988, so. Uh, how swayed were you and your board to people that came to the town hall meetings to speak on a project? Oh, very. Uh, that's what you're there for. You mm-hmm. represent them. The best way to represent someone is to know what they think. Uh, you don't always always agree with what they think, but uh, you do get support and you also get some pushback on what you do. And, and normally the pushback has some uh, depth to it. And uh, if you don't uh, stop something, you at least can uh, uh, adjust it somewhat. So, uh, the main thing is on growth. Um, it's going to happen. You can't stop the growth, but you can manage it. So if, if people have property, they want to be able to have the best, highest use for it. Uh, and they shouldn't have the neighbor telling them what that's going to be necessarily. But there is a, a way to do that through the zoning. Um. And some of the projects that we've had recently, uh, you've got uh, Burkdale with uh, the improvements they tried to make. Um, it's been it was voted down in terms of moving forward on that particular project. Uh, what are what are some of your feelings in terms of of the growth that's taking place in the town right now? Are we are we moving too fast or not fast enough or just about right? <clears throat> Well, the older I get, the faster it gets. So uh, just driving up here today was uh, an experience. So. But uh, I think they are managing it fairly well. Um, there seems to be a lot of uh, condo-type buildings, but if that's all over every place. It's not just here. Uh, people complain about the traffic, which is legitimate, uh, about schools, which is legitimate, but the schools and traffic, patterns never come before development. Development comes first and then the roads and then the schools. And you can have developers help with the roads somewhat, uh, turn lanes and that kind of thing. But uh, you you just have to manage it the best you can. It's going to happen. So, Drew, is there a memorable moment for you at a town board meeting? we got about 60 seconds. <clears throat> is there a memorable moment? Um. I guess I had, uh, when I was mayor, uh, I only time I had a vote was to break a tie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd never voted. We always had a consensus or whatever. But uh, the election was the next Tuesday, and we were meeting on Monday, and they all voted that we meet that night, and I had to break the vote that we didn't meet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about more about your career and some of the things going on in Huntersville. And Jessica, we're going to talk a little bit more about Angels and Sparrows. What a tremendous job that you do. For those of you who are watching and listening out there, please come back and join us on WSIC Town Talk.
Drew, are you familiar at all with our Leadership League Normal Program? I am, yes. And Jessica? You know, I didn't know about it until you mentioned it at the nonprofit summit or roundtable the other day. It's very interesting. I love the idea about the junior program as Mm -hmm. well. Now, you have been participating for quite a while. And one of the things, Drew, that we do is uh, about, I guess it's been about almost six, seven years, we've been doing nonprofit roundtables. We had um, three of our significant nonprofits have their gala events on one weekend, all at the same time. And you you had one on Friday and two on Saturday, and you, you can't attend everything. So we started getting our nonprofits together, and they, we go around the room, and we talk about what are some of the things that we, we are doing as nonprofits. And, you know, and then who we are, because you might have like angels and sparrows might know all about Ada Jenkins, but we not, may, may not know about beds for kids or um, uh, one of the other nonprofits in the area. So what do you what do you get out of the nonprofit roundtable? I love just hearing what's going on with each of the nonprofits. Um, I always feel like I have a good handle because, you know, we partner with a lot of other nonprofits. But then there's always like a new person who shows up talking about something or a program going on. And I love it because you know, my brain is constantly racing, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're connectors. So we like knowing what's out there and how we can maybe collaborate um, with each other. Drew, we were talking about the formation of the Chamber of Commerce. 1987 was when the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce got its start. That was when you were on the town board. Our chamber is a little bit different than most chambers. The three towns were just as involved in putting the chamber together as was the businesses. And uh, so on our incorporation paperwork, uh, Sarah McCauley's name is on that. Um, so uh, the, t- the towns were very involved. Why did you think it was important that we have a Chamber of Commerce in North Mecklenburg? Well, because of the growth primarily. Uh, and sometimes you feel like you need your own voice uh, rather than depending on somebody else. And uh, the uh, I, I went to some of those meetings when we were getting together to, to do the Chamber and certainly supported them. Well, those of you who are streaming, we're going to go back to live or radio in just a second. Thank you for being with us on Town Talk. Well, we're back at Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Drew Saunders. He is the former mayor of the town of Huntersville and former state representative, Jessica Tucker, who is with Angels and Sparrows. Jessica, a little while ago, you were talking about the Pathways program, but it's got a year under your belt now, right? Mm-hmm, talk, talk about some of the successes of Pathways. Oh, it's fantastic. So we are just reviewing um, the results of our testing. So we do a baseline test. We kind of test the mid-year and then at the end to see what progress is. And for our adult students in the English as a Second Language class, we had 88% of them improve in English comprehension and 50% increased in reading capabilities. Um, our conversational English had 88% across the board, comprehension, reading, writing. They were, um, we had students, it was so beautiful to watch them standing up and giving presentations in English, you know, using PowerPoint. They didn't even have computers before our program started. Here they are using a laptop. They're presenting on a screen, you know, in English. It was just so beautiful to see that progress among them. And then 91% of our youth and teens improved in or maintained in reading and math scores. So we're just so proud of the progress they made in just one year in the program. Yeah, something not really under your purview, but uh, something critically important is affordable housing. Um, Drew, we still have folks who work in our community, teachers, policemen, firemen, who are not able to actually live in the community that they serve. Um, How important is it that we have uh, affordable housing for our community, particularly here in, in Huntersville or throughout the Lake Norman region? It's vital. Uh, as you said, some people cannot afford to live in North Mecklenburg uh, based on the kind of work they do and the salaries they have. And uh, so it's important that we carve out a place that we can have decent, good, affordable housing for those people. Jessica? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it affects all the families that we serve. I mean, our families make an average of about $18,000 a year, um, and 38% of that is spent on rent. And I know that's only climbing, um, so there's just a, a severe shortage in our area. If we made you king for the day and you had a magic wand, you could do anything. What, what would you want to do right here to impact the, the residents and people who live in the Lake Norman region? Yeah, I think housing is critical. I mean, it's foundational, but I think that 
what I would do if I won the lottery. Because <laughs> I've thought about this. <laughs> um, I think I would create a coalition of our nonprofits that were actually funded so that, you know, we all work together as best we can. But if you had the funding you needed, wow, we could, you know, we're boots on the ground. We could really create a system that makes sure that our families progress, you know, forward, you know, that they're not stuck and then we're not, they're not scraping by. We want them to thrive um, so they can keep contributing to the vibrancy of our community. And if somebody wanted to volunteer, uh, how can, how can they volunteer? And go to our website and just sign up. Our volunteer coordinator takes over from there. And why is it important? Um, do you think, cause again, we talked about you, you were in a manufacturing career, mm-hmm. then you, you were a realtor and you kind of switched gears. Why is it so important that business people, um, give back to the community? Oh, you know, I think you just want to affect the next generation, right? You know, we all were fortunate, you know, and I think even at my age where we did better than our parents did and, and America's losing that, you know, and it, for me, I have a strong feeling that that should not happen in America. You know, people, you know, I, I talk to people, friends from Europe or whatever, they're like, no, America, people still think you can do that in America. I'm like, well, it's getting harder and harder for families to do so. And not from lack of trying and not from lack of desire, but just there are just certain barriers and things have made it more difficult over the years. And so when businesses give back, they're giving back, they're giving to our future. You know, Drew, we, we talked about, um, you know, your, your career the country seems to be so partisan. Um, you look at whether it's whether it's in Raleigh today, uh, whether it's across the country, and we're having a, certainly a debate tonight with uh, the Republicans. Um, what's your perspective on on where we are at as a country in terms of the partisanship that you see? Well, I still think there's good people that want to serve, and good people are serving. Um, my experience with the two party system in Raleigh was that. We didn't necessarily want different things. It was just the way that we got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you have to talk to each other, um, as I said, even my opponent has a good idea once in a while. <laughs> so uh, you need to to have an open mind and and something that you want that they may be opposed to, just an adjustment to it may work. And same way on that side. So. But even in Raleigh, you could be having a good debate, and then the cameras would show up in the committee room or in the chamber, and the crazies would jump up, the extremes from both sides. And basically what they wanted was a sound bite. Right. And, but there were a lot of people working in the center to get things done, and government did move ahead there. But mostly what you hear is a bad, but that's, that's, that's what it is, you know, so... Drew, we talked about what were the things that you enjoyed most about working uh, as, on the town board in Huntersville. What, what, looking back in Raleigh, what was the thing that you were probably proudest of in your achievements in Raleigh? Well, the things that we talked about already, but also the uh, completion of I-485. Yeah, 45, uh, yeah. Half of that, or about two-thirds, had been done, and uh, we were on the plan to have our part done. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a bill that came back from the Senate that we'd sent over, came back, as we said, was lit up like a Christmas tree with a lot of uh, amendments on it. And one of them was that the money for the construction of 485 North would be diverted south to widen the road that had already built there. Since I was the chair of the transportation, the bill came to me, and as Fountain said, it never saw the light of day. Uh, Transportation is critical. Uh, to our infrastructure and everything that we do. Um, you, you you did a fantastic job as chairman of our transportation committee. What are some things that you would have liked to have done that you didn't get to? Well, certainly the light rail. Um, I was all in on that, uh, and I, I still don't truly understand why we couldn't negotiate a deal with Norfolk Southern on that. But uh, that especially would be the main thing I'd like to see. Um we have toll lanes today. Uh, do, do you have any feelings? Are you using the tolls that we have in place? I am not, um, but I understand the need for them. Right, right. Um, we did have a uh, a interstate uh, interloop in Raleigh uh, that was already built, and some of the uh, members there wanted to make that a toll road, and I also held that bill because to me it already, it was already paid for. It was just a way to make money. But I understand the need for 
tolls and, and you can move faster to take care of the traffic patterns by doing that. I asked Jessica just a second ago, uh, is there one thing that you would do if you were keen for the day now, is there one thing that you would like to see done in, in the Huntersville, Lake Norman region? Well, I think what I just said, we would have a light rail, light rail running okay. frequently. Uh, all the roads would be terrific. Um, uh, schools would be built all over the place. Everybody would be happy. Would be so, yeah, that would be it. So, but uh, seriously, I, I I commend our town and our our uh, people on the board, the work that they've done. I think they have the heart of Huntersville at their heart, and I I commend them on the work they're doing. Now, Drew, when you stepped down from the legislature, you didn't retire, uh, and I'm not talking about the honeydew list. You you actually had a little career as a lobbyist working for Electricities. Some people may not know what Electricities is. Cheryl, what what is Electricities? Well, actually, I retired four times, so, <laughs> uh, and I think this time it stuck. Uh, but Electric Cities is a uh, a municipality, of, uh, the electric system for a municipality, and it was started because uh, it was hard to get uh, the uh, uh, power companies to come and do that into small towns. It was kind of like the rural electric people that did it uh, to, to get electricity there, but this was done in the towns. And uh, uh, a lot of people think that uh, Electric Cities purchases power from another provider and then resells it. That's not the case. Uh-huh. Uh, electric Cities has their own power. They're part, they own part of the Catawba nuclear plant. Uh, so uh, it's it's a good thing. It's it serves us well. I've been a member of it the total time I've been in Huntersville, and it's always providing good service. Andrew, you're a Navy veteran, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, t- t- tell me a little bit about your Navy experience. What did you serve on? Well, I was actually at the naval base okay. in Guantanamo um, on the 10th Naval District. Worked for the admiral there, and uh, but I was there. When Castro came to power, uh, I was there when he lined his troops up along the fence really? and closed the door. Um, but um, it was good service. I enjoyed being there. Uh, but it, uh, I was there two years. Okay. And and again, the thing that you enjoy most about living here in Huntersville, you've been here for 50 years? Well, I think the things that Jessica said, uh, it, even now it still has a small-town feel, Um if, if something drastic happens, you can expect your neighbor to help out. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, just a good feel, and, and they're doing a lot to preserve that feel, too, I think. And you enjoy still playing a game of golf? I do. I played yesterday. So, very well, as a matter of fact. But uh, I'm paying for it today with uh, Tylenol and all of that. So. Drew, we uh, yesterday had a ribbon cutting at the Chamber of Commerce for uh, Hook It Golf, which is an indoor training facility or, or driving range uh, located in Huntersville. So you can go out and practice your golf game. Uh, Jessica, do you do you get involved in any sports? No, I don't, actually. Like I said, I'm pretty much a Formula One fan and uh, Ohio State. I do watch Ohio State with my husband. Oh, Ohio State football. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. And, but you're, aren't you a South Carolina graduate? I'm That's, not. I'm oh, I thought not. I saw that. No, I thought no. I saw that somewhere. Well, again, I want to thank you, Jessica, for the job that you are doing as the executive director of our Angels of Sparrows. And Drew, Thank you so much for all the years of service to the town of Huntersville, to the state of North Carolina, and again for that political insight uh, that you shared many, many years ago that's served me well as Don't Burn a Bridge. I want to remind everybody if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk on WSIC. We'll see you next week. And Drew, thank you for being here. Jessica, thank you for being here. Have a great weekend, everybody.